Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Anthony Battle. Welcome back to our podcast. You know, you got my buddy Davion on the other line. Say hi, Davion. What's going on? <laughs> How's going? We're, yep. And we're going to talk again. This is our part two of our Neon Genesis Evangelion episode. Such a rich anime that we wanted to break it up and just be able to cover all the topics that we thought were relevant and that interested us that we want to share with you all. So we can go through a quick recap of some of the topics we talked about last episode, and then we'll dive into some of the new areas of content and start to just get get going with Neon Genesis. So in terms of recap, we talked about last time, we talked about religion, religious themes in Neon Genesis as it pertains to chasing God, you know, the meaning of angels, things like that. We talked about ecology. We talked about the, the first, second, third impact and how those affect the environment on that earth uh, in that fictional version of earth. And then we also talked about the sort of psychological relationships, the mothers, fathers, uh, even a little bit of romance between some of the characters. And then we talked about death and rebirth. And now we want to dive into some deeper topics that I think, you know, I brought these up because I think these are super interesting and they're at the kind of cutting edge of what humanity is really seeking from a scientific standpoint and from an evolutionary standpoint. And I think it relates directly to some of the themes of Evangelion. So, so if we start there with artificial intelligence, you know, I'm curious, Davion, where, you know, where, where you're thinking, or your thoughts on artificial intelligence and mm-hmm. kind of how that can affect humanity and maybe how we see that manifest in Evangelion. Yeah, for sure. I think in terms of how it shows up in, in anime and in Evangelion, I always see a, a merger between humanity and, and machines, right? I think a lot of times when we think about artificial intelligence, we may think about perhaps the Matrix um, or iRobot, right, where we have... Um, robots kind of taking over humanity but I think that a lot of times in anime we see actually a fusion between the two and so when we think about the Avas right they are really this um, this crossover between bio organic material which is the lilies or pieces of atom and the and like this machinery right like you use as an interface to amplify to amplify us, to amplify our minds, to to amplify our our bodies. And so when I think about AI, I think about how we can use machinery or machines to amplify the things that we already do or use that as an extension of ourselves, right? Um, I think that that this theme is actually kind of, is very, really prevalent in many uh, Gundam series as well. And so a lot of that is has to deal with the expansion of of the mind and the next step in, in human evolution. And I think that AI is is probably a intermediary between where we are now and where we would like to see ourselves in, in the future. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I do think AI, I mean it's a it's the fulfillment of humanity's extending itself into the world. I mean, that's what technology is, but to extend our minds, like the actual capabilities of our brains and to improve upon that, improve upon the thing that we see that separates us from other animals on this planet to make that even more, to separate ourselves from homo sapiens, I think is kind right. of the next st- stage in evolution. And, and then I think not just seeing technology and artificial intelligence as the next stage, but as you said, it's an intermediary. I see AI mm-hmm. as a way to... Uh, kind of enhance upon actually the biological components of what it means to be a human being. Right, so we think about right. the AVA, right? Unit O2 or Unit O1, excuse me. Yeah. Unit O1, Shinji's unit. She, or, or this vehicle, as we learn later in the uh, the series, 
is that it's actually an organic creation that is mm -hmm. not mechanical and the me mechanism is only superficial and it's meant to actually suppress the power of the machine or the the ava and that right. there is thinking about the avas as the the epitome of human evolution as something that is completely biological but is also human at the same time and is also massive and powerful and can transcend our limits that is that is evolution right there and i see mm -hmm. seeing that that connection happen and seeing like humanity actually it i guess by necessity or survival actually evolving to a new form i think mm -hmm. is extremely powerful uh and super cool and that's something every time i see the avas that's why i love this anime so much because it inspires me i don't look at shinji as like oh i want to be like him i look at the avas and i say i want to be an ava <laughs> like i live <laughs> yeah yeah that's how i think about it when you go berserk and that that the liberating scream of just breaking free from mm -hmm. your limits and becoming more like I, it all i can hear that scream I, it always awakens something primal inside of me and i'm just yeah. like yeah that's human yeah. that's a human right there yeah, no, the, I um, I want to go back to something you said, but speaking on the scream or the yell, I um, I immediately started thinking about Aaron Yeager from Attack on Titan, right, right. <laughs> and that that yell as a kind of call to arms, yeah. right of of the other Titans in in that series. But something that you said was the the machinery actually being a a limiter on the potentiality of the Avas and being more of a, I, I'm seeing it more as a, the, the machines are more or less kind of directing or, or better focusing the power of, of the Ava and of the, the pilots, right? And so it's, that's interesting. I think that's interesting because last time we talked about chasing God, right? And how this fusion between the Avas and the the humans in, in the series, right? They are kind of giving birth or giving rise to to a new god, right? But mm -hmm. the machines are trying their best to contain that, right? And mm -hmm. and focus that energy because as we see when they go berserk, it's a power that that is, you know, untenable, right? And again, kind of going back to the ecology of of the planet, like the planet is not able to fully hold that that sort of potentiality or the world is gonna essentially end right that brings me to to dragon ball z right like we got super saiyan gods and yeah. super saiyans and stuff like that and the world gets gets fucked up every time right there's exactly. a fight and so in that series right like there is no machine intermediary to kind of hold back the, the powers of, of goku and and vegeta etc cetera, etc cetera. but in this series and many others where we see artificial intelligence where we see machines acting as this focus for these godlike beings right we so i thought i thought it was really interesting that you brought that up um that mm -hmm. it's a limiter more than um as well as an expander right no i think that's even when you when you think about it like that from the ecological standpoint and it makes me think about what is actually the evil here or what is actually the enemy where you think about even our, in our current climate you know actual the literal climate and thinking about the world and thinking about what is actually causing this we, we see technology there are some people who would say technology is is kind of destructive and it's causing harm and things like that but then mm -hmm. neon genesis is the only thing it's is it's the last thread that's keeping humanity alive like even mm -hmm. 
the Avas are, you know, these heroic creatures that are built to kind of destroy angels, but even a runaway Ava is just as destructive. Like an Ava without any limits, without any sort of, you know, artificial master, any sort of mechanical barrier, it's, it can destroy the world. And that's the fear too, is that humanity is like afraid of itself and using, needing machines to, to kind of, I would say be the judge or be kind of the, the arbitrator with humanity's uh-huh. own soul. It's like, uh-huh. that's what's happening. The machine uh-huh. is the, the objective force uh-huh. that is deciding because humanity is like, it can't control itself. So you have to let that go to some other other force. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of talked a little bit about genetic engineering a little bit. I just wanted to mention, you know, even now, like we have to think about these, this anime was made in like 95, right? Yeah, so it's probably about, like produced in like 93, right? You're right so you got to go right. back a few years. It, takes a, it right. takes a while. Exactly. So early 90s. But then we also think about what's available now and how closer we've gotten to that kind of reality where mm-hmm. we have technologies like CRISPR-Cas9 where we can actually go into human DNA or, I mean, there's ethical concerns around it. But from a scientific standpoint, we have the technology to alter DNA to change it, to identify genes, to switch them and and switch them to different genes and and decide what turns on, what turns off. I think there's still more knowledge to be gained in terms of specifically understanding which genes do what, but we have the technology to to prod and poke around and and shift stuff and Mm -hmm. maybe create something like an Ava, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say to that extreme, but to create a a version of life that doesn't exist yet on this planet, we Mm -hmm. we can do that. (laughs) So this is like, it's insane that we've made it, we've arrived at this level. So, you know, and there's like a, there's like, you know, this is probably like the, the mad scientist aspect corner somewhere in my brain that is like curious to see what life forms emerge out of human interference. I want to see it, even though I know it's like grotesque and wrong. I want to see an Ava in real life. You want to see a homunculus? What do you, I want to see a homunculus. I want to see I want to see Homo Deus, you know. Yeah, see right, right. Homo the next Deus. step, you know, what does that mean? And this is this is like my fascination, you know, my in my personal life thinking about this stuff. But then, mm-hmm. and this, you know, we can, you know, do you have any more anything else you want to say about genetic engineering? Because I think the next thing I want yeah. to talk about relates. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, with genetic engineering, one thing that we didn't talk about last time, I think, directly was the more the moral aspects uh, of that, right? And, and I think that right. in the, the current climate that we live in today, a lot of the the very kind of traditional is right. And I, when, when I say that, I, I talk about folks that are um, religiously traditional, right? Like they kind of bring up the fact that we shouldn't inter- interfere with with God's design. We shouldn't interfere with God's plan in remaking humanity, right? Shout out and Drake. <laughs> shout out Drake <laughs> and. I think in Evangelion, it is, it's something that's kind of in the background hovering over the anime. Like, what is the moral obligation of humanity, of, of Gendo, of everyone else in, involved with Nerve in creating the Avas and subjecting these 14-year-old children to, pilot, to piloting them, right? Like, we don't really talk, yeah. like, we didn't talk about that as much, but Going back to genetic engineering, I think that is that's probably one of the things that we have to come to terms with as as a society, right? Like, what is the what is our moral obligation to, you know, w- with all of this, right? Like, is it is it you know an abomination, right? Like, is our fear creating a, a bunch of um, Frankenstein, right? 
like Mary Shelley, Frankenstein, like yeah. where, like, where do we afraid of? Right. And to what extent are we, are we also blaming technology for, for anything that can go wrong? Right. Like that's, that's also something that, that I'm thinking about too. Yeah. No, I get you. And I, and I think that's an, that's an important topic to bring up is the, the ethics, the moral components of this. Cause it's, it's you know, in this world where, I think if you look at Gendo Ikari's perspective, he has his personal designs and he mm-hmm. wants to do things for a personal reason. But at the end of the day, this is about humanity's survival. You talk about war, you know, when you're at war, what is what is moral? You know, we, we have ideas about crimes against humanity, but like what if it's humanity versus extinction? Then what is what is the limit? Like how far can you go to survive? Right. And I feel, And I feel like at this point, the question is not even worth asking in the context of, like a cataclysm like you just mm-hmm. have to do what you have to do right. and then at least that's what gendo thinks but i think if you look at somebody like shinji like he has other limitations like he's going to be he's not going to go as far as he, there's there's parts of humanity what i want to say is that you can't sacrifice your humanity in mm-hmm. order to save humanity that's the limit if you give right. up humanity to save humanity it's the same thing it's already right. it's done you've it's already, gone you've already lost it all so that's the limit, but I don't think Gendo has that same limitation. And I think that's the question now we have to ask ourselves when we're in a context where people are identifying more with spiritual, not religious. Mm-hmm. When you see the the complete, I mean, Nietzsche said God is dead. And I think he, I mean, from a Judeo-Christian standpoint, there's, I mean, at least in America, definitely decreased numbers and people go into church and really believe in the moral authority of the Bible. So what is next, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that the, the AI, we have to really think about creating AI systems or technology that has implicit morality. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that's tough when a human being is creating it, but we have to find a way. Because I think, honestly, something like Sybil from Psychopaths or something like that, to mm-hmm. me, yeah. seems like the best solution, like a real world, hyper intelligent God that can decide the truth, mm-hmm. you know, and not having to be deliberate with a bunch of idiots to try to, you know, make right. choices for right. humanity. You know? Right. But, but we, you know, when we think about Sybil again in, in Psychopaths, like the way that Sybil was created, right? Like that godlike being is kind of fucked up how they made, it, it's <laughs> how fucked they made up. that, how they made that, right? It's fucked up and it's still at its core, it's found fundamentally human. I mean, it's right. made of human intelligence. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Right. And so it's, yeah. you know, it's just an interesting, it's just an interesting question as we think about, you know, AI and genetic engineering. Like, I feel like those two things are actually tied very closely together and, yeah. and really asking the question, which aspects of our humanity are we willing to give up to achieve you know, homo deus, like you, like you said, right? A different form of humanity, right? Because in 50, 100, 200 years, what we're going to think of as hu- humane is going to be very different, right? I it's mean, like we think different. about back in the day, like folks thought having slaves was cool, right? Yeah. Like, that was like, right? Like that was like normal. That was normalized, right? This is cool, bro. Three-fifths of a human. Right, three-fifths like... of a human was normal, right? And like, and and folks just kind of took that to to be as it is right and now today our definition of what it means to be human is very different and if someone had slaves today we'd say like that's inhumane right and so like our society has to start to ask those questions and progress and again what we think about being humane and what it means to be human in 150 years is going to be different than what it is in today 2022 look man when you mentioned humane 
it, it, like the, the I guess the human humane club is getting bigger too. I, I would argue mm-hmm. that do- dogs are gaining entry into humanity. I think like, dogs have been <laughs> dogs have been human uh, for a bit for a bit now. They have they have the similar rights. They live in the similar living conditions. Like humans walk around picking up their stuff. <laughs> like dude, <laughs> dude, I'm like, bro, what is that? Right, I have a, I have a, I have a dog, so I, I go around picking up her poop all the time, and she sleeps in the bed and dude. eats human. Like, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. uh, dogs have humanity. <laughs> they, they do. You have groups like PETA. You have, uh, you know, the anti cruelty society. You have all mm-hmm. these groups that are protecting animal rights. So it's like. To me, this is a good thing. I think, I is, think like expanding the definition of humanity, like, okay, so you start here. Instead of saying protect the world, you say, if you're somebody who only cares about human beings, instead of trying to get you to care about everything else, you know, just keep caring only about humans, but we'll just keep adding into what it means to be human to the point where it expands exactly. across the entire globe. And then that's the way to approach those types of minds to get them to have mm-hmm. a global, like, ecological perspective. Uh, but yeah, but this is, you know, as we're moving into have expanding your minds and, and expanding everything, I think it, you know, the next topic is psychedelics. And for me, this is a topic that I think is also on the cutting edge because it's, it's the, you know, in the next three to five years, I would wager that something like psilocybin mushrooms, magic mushrooms, whatever you want to call it, they're going to become mm-hmm. legal. They're already being used and they're going to become legal in therapeutic practices and mm-hmm. to help people get over things like post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, all the things that everybody is literally dealing with after a pandemic or it, within a pandemic and, and all the other stuff that, that have happened at least in the last two years. That, and that's not even including what the other suffering that's already been happening since the beginning of time. So we have all of this compounding suffering. And I, you know, in my personal life and my, my, my actual career that I'm on is, is, is thinking about using psychedelics as a way to heal people in those ways. And I think we need something like that um, to expand human, to expand our idea of what it means to be connected to the world. And I think Evangelion bringing it back kind of has imagery, at least if we think about it from an imagery standpoint and just from uh, even what's happening inside of the Ava with the technology and LCL and how that bond is connected between the human and the Ava. I mm-hmm. think about kind of like a, like a chemical solution or Mm -hmm. Uh, medium to kind of create that connection and to me that's psychedelics especially if you look at when we we keep going through the episode there's a lot of or the episodes there's a lot of like kind of trippy imagery especially with the angels and the transformations and the way they approach things but then you get to the last episode in the original 26 episode running that's Mm -hmm. when human instrumentality is is starting to happen you just like it's not even like they've completely broken the anime at that point like there's no Mm -hmm. like the, the art style has changed like even you know, what you're actually trying to understand from this anime is not clear anymore. It's just kind of just imagery and kind of like random emotional stuff. And just, it's just mm-hmm. kind of this collage of chaotic stuff happening where there's no boundaries between you, what's outside of you, the past, the present, the future, everything is just kind of in this one moment happening at once. And I think people need that kind of experience to really break outside of their own egos and start to see themselves as connected to all things and then you start to dissolve the sort of illusions and lies Mm -hmm. that you believe that you hold on to that you think is you that you think is important and these things that you will fight to the death over and it's like all you got to do is let go of some of your thoughts that are causing internal suffering and then that you're projecting and manifesting into the real world and actually harming other people with that's kind of my thesis about psychedelics Mm -hmm. Uh, i actually don't you know what is your 
thoughts about that. I don't even know how deep you've gone down that rabbit hole, you mm-hmm. know, to quote Alice in Wonderland. But mm-hmm. yeah, where are you at? Where are you at there? I I I haven't I haven't really, but you know, one of the things that I've noticed in anime is that it's used as a motor medium again to to talk about our the expansion of, of our minds, right? And really beg the question, what is possible or what is impossible, which I think is, is really, is really, it makes it really fun. Um, and it's also really interesting. So there's this really cool movie, it's called Paprika. And I think it's on, I think it's on Amazon. Uh, what is it? Amazon plus? What is it called? Prime? Amazon Prime? Yeah. Prime, yeah, Prime video. Yeah. It's, it's just really, it's just really cool kind of mind bendy movie. that's about these, these researchers that, that, kind of turn into investigators and they're jumping from dream to dream in pursuit of um, this criminal and who's taking control of this like dream exploring technology, right? So the, the, the film is really trippy, but it really kind of begs the question, what, you know, what is possible? What is impossible, right? Like what, like what is the, where is that line? Where is that line? And can we cross, and can we cross it? And then when we do, how far can we take humanity? How, how much further can, can we go? And, and do we have to limit our reality to just the things that, that we see in front of us? Do we have to limit it to just our five senses, right? Can our reality, can our existence live beyond that, right? Like perhaps in this dream world, perhaps in, you know, as we're seeing now in, in augmented reality, right? Or virtual reality, right? Like how, like how, do the do the realms of our reality have to be confined to what we see and hear, right? And so I think that psychedelics really beg that question and allow us to, I would say, throw ourselves into another world. Yeah, another world or this world, the real, real world beyond illusion. Who knows? Right, <laughs> and and I think I think that's really the question, right? Like, is another world really another world or is an ex or is it a, in an expansion of of the current world yeah like yeah. what is like is like is there a difference right like and and how do we get there and one of the images that comes to mind is is kingdom hearts right so you have this character sora who goes from all these like disney or like final fantasy worlds etc and they're all like very different and the animation is different unless you're at the different stages of the game but all of those worlds are are connected Right. And so how do we connect all of those worlds and, and create this bigger, more expansive one that is more inclusive, that really pushes the boundaries again on what is humane, what is human, who is human, and perhaps how we treat each other. I I don't why see, is human. Yeah, you know, why is human? Right. <laughs> and I think and that's a really great question too. And bringing it back to Neon Genesis, all of those questions are asked in the series. Mm. You know why is human? Why are we here? Yeah, with no no clear answer. No, the answer is just to be human. Like at least while you're human, don't try to reduce humanity into a pool of LCL. That's probably not the way we want to do it. So we want to stay connected, but not lose our individuality. Like that's no. that's that's the balance. And I think mm-hmm. that's a question that is that is a part of our world now. Mm-hmm. You know. Like I guess our biggest connective tissue we have is is social media, mm-hmm. and that's you know that has powerful abilities, but I think the limitations are that you know it causes some damage to people who lose their 
identity or they start to become other people. They start to compare themselves to other people. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's his own beast. And I think uh, we still have a lot of ways to go to solving that problem is to create a connection without creating conflict, not without bringing too many random disparate parts together that should have never been close to each other. But when they see each other, they explode because now we Mm -hmm. have the ability to continuously engage with your enemies over and over again and find them and attack them easily. So it's like, this oh. is uh that's, that's what we need to resolve at least now. And I think mm-hmm. we need to find a way to find, to get on the same page where humanity is not always in conflict with itself. Right. And I think that that's, that's the, that's been the project of human beings since, since the first prophet was born. I mean, I think actually that's a good transition as we talk about evolution and, you know, we, we talked a little bit about it actually with, with AI and genetic engineering, but in, in terms of, of evolution, in what ways do we see that in, in this specific series? It, it still is the idea of the survival of the fittest. It still fits with the Darwin concept in that you have the angels and you have two different life forms, mm-hmm. two different seeds of life, seeds of Adam, seeds of Lilith. And they're, they're not supposed to be on the same planet, but mm-hmm. they're, um, they ended up on the same planet. So now we have two different, you know, lineages competing for survival. And then what they're just trying to annihilate each other. Mm-hmm. And then what, whatever survives becomes the new ruler of the planet. And that's, that's what's happening. You know, there's no, and I guess in that conflict, this has forced humanity to create the Avas, to create another version of itself that is stronger, more powerful than the Avas. So it's still like evolution is still driven by competition and mm-hmm. conflict. Mm-hmm. So I think that rings true. You know, it, it's interesting because one of the one of the end products is is also human instrumentality. Right. Like that's a, that's a different, that may be a a bit of a different pathway toward evolution. And I find that really interesting because, and in many, and this is why I really like Gundam a lot, because Gundam actually really talks about this a lot. You know, what is the next stage in, in human evolution? And one of my, one of my favorite Gundam series is lives outside of the universal century. So this is the, the kind of main timeline that, that it has, but it's called Gundam 00. Mm-hmm. And in that, they really talk about an opt into like a human instrumentality, right? So it's, it's so through the Gundams, you're actually able to connect human consciousness within a given field, right? And mm. Right. So it's really, it's actually really, really dope. So there's this, um, there's this massive artificial intelligence that is helping along human evolution such that we can expand our consciousness with the hope of communicating with, with sentient life forms that live outside of earth, right? Like trying to build a, a common lexicon for humanity to share, but also for us to um, expand our knowledge and expand our our empathy for for beings that live outside of Earth. Right again, like we mentioned before, expanding what it means to connect with with humanity. Right, kind of widening that circle of, of what is human by um, opening up our empathy, opening up our consciousness to to let others in to to our being, but also leave it such that we can. Um, know and understand the experiences of others. This is 
<clears throat> that's fascinating because we're like, as we're talking, we're talking about letting dogs into humanity, mm-hmm. getting to the world. But then what about letting other non-earth-based life into that whole life ecosystem that we should be connected to like expanding our vision just beyond planetary beyond interplanetary like beyond even like just a galaxy brain perspective and seeing that as still part of a same organism that needs to act in unison Mm -hmm. with itself and then you just you keep going like can you get to a universe brain perspective where literally every single atom or electron or proton that existed at the beginning of the universe is all connected and is all entangled and still needs to be in harmony with itself. And that's, um, yeah, no, no, that's, that's like incomprehensible to kind of put into your brain. And we're still at the beginning of trying to even do that on earth, but I feel like that's, that's a beautiful project. And I, that, and that, and that is the conflict that I came to with neon Genesis at the end is like, is human instrumentality, even a bad thing? Like, that's the question that I still haven't resolved within myself. Like Shinji, the hero, he's protecting human humanity, but is he though? Is he doing something wrong to people by forcing them to suffer as individuals? Like, was his father right? Was Gendo right? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so I, you know, but Shinji kind of ruined the plan, and maybe that's that's the that that is the result of ego. It's like you you know, his ego was so powerful that he he made himself the savior of humanity when it didn't uh-huh. actually need one. It needed no savior. It needed just uh-huh. itself to be connected. Uh-huh. I think that's you know? an interesting question, right? And I think it kind of relates to something we had talked about last time is Gendo, whether or not he's right or wrong is, is a different question, but I think that where we feel a lot of pause is the, the like the force by which he's doing it, right? Like he's giving yeah. folks no choice, right? And so with within the anime, we talked about choice um, and the existential crisis that comes with that, right? So he's ripping that aspect of it away from away from humanity, right? And he's saying like, no, like everyone's going to do this, just in the same way as in in Code Geass, right? And and maybe that is where the the wrong comes in. I'm not yeah. sure, but you know, I think that in in Gundam Double O, it's it's more of a Hey, I'm opting. I'm I'm almost opting into this, and your evolution is coming more about naturally through exposure to um, to the changing environment, right? Yeah. And so, like, there are these like quantum particles in Gundam Double O, and constant and constant exposure to it um, allows your mind to to expand in its consciousness. Right. And so like, that's how it kind of comes about more so than, you know, someone almost flipping a switch and saying like, Hey, we're all doing this at the same time. Yeah. Sounds like psilocybin to me, psychedelics, but <laughs> I get yeah, you. Yeah, I yeah. Think, yeah. I think you are right. I think that that is, it's the, it's the free will to see that's a whole different argument there. Free will versus mm-hmm. determinism. But right. I, I think you're right. That Gendo is going about it in the wrong way. Uh, mm-hmm. Or he's, he's or, uh, you know, right or wrong, yeah, those words are kind of negligible in this conversation, I think, is a question that his methods, they're going against somebody else's free will, which then that's that's what Shinji is fighting for, his choice, right. his, own, his own volition. His right, own, his own volition. Yeah, so I think you can't, that's what he's fighting for. He doesn't care about saving the world. He just wants to be free. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, it, it manifests as resisting his father. <laughs> so right. Yeah. Right. yeah yeah so so that's that's it <laughs> no that's dope um 
Yeah, I, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, you, you mentioned Gundam Double uh, O, and then, you know, we think about Neon Genesis as, you know, in some ways a mecha anime, at least in the first episode uh, in, in the imagery. So, you know, what is Neon Genesis' impact on anime as you see it? Yeah, I think the, I think the biggest piece, and I hope that folks gather this just through our conversation about this singular anime, right? That Neon Genesis really gave anime more, more depth and complexity, right? It really gave a lot of intellectualism to a genre that prima facie may not have a lot of and you know with that said there's a lot of anime that are really fun loving there's a lot of anime that you know you don't have to think about and watch that are really fun but i think that it really opened up the door for anime to be a lot more ambitious with their with their content and really push the limits of our thinking and really push us to to dig a, a lot deeper right um, and so again, we see this w- with with many of the of the Gundam franchise. We see this in an anime that you and I really love a lot, Steins Gate, that we'll have a, a conversation about. Um, Shinsekai Yori is another one. Cowboy Bebop, right? And we can talk about that later. Like there's there's a ton really that are pushing the limits of of how we think, the things that we think about, and our critique. On, on humanity, right? And, and really that's why I love anime so much. Don't get me wrong, I love the, the fun loving stuff. And the, the ones that keep me coming back for more are the ones like Neon Genesis that after I watch it, I just go lay down in my bed and I think for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. It's definitely it definitely brought a, a, a completely new dimension to anime. And even coming around in the '90s, you know, the first gateway anime that I watched, and I believe you watched too, Dragon Ball Z. You know, and I, the whole idea is just to become yeah. Super Saiyan, super strong. But it didn't it didn't ask like the deeper moral questions and, and exactly. the philosophical questions that Evangelion is asking. So it did awaken Evangelion or, or anime to a new audience, a more serious cerebral audience to allow it to kind of enter a more kind of space of, I want to say high art, you know, Mm -hmm. to really kind of engage those kind of social moral questions of the day. So I think that's, that's huge to make it a more respected genre. And I don't want to forget about uh, Pin Pin, the penguin. (laughs) Like, you know, he, he kind of brought just a a tad bit of lightness to the whole situation just to make Mm -hmm. it, just a little bit just enough like he was a mascot and, and then i think about his plight like he's human too in a way he's an arctic he penguin. probably lost his home from the second impact and then he's just like you know what he's living with people now and they, they, i think he might be the only animal that i've seen in the entire show if i if uh, i'm not mistaken i think so there might be like a stray cat here and there yeah i'd have yeah. to really have to, i'd have to really really look but you might be right yeah, not a lot of surviving animals after that. So Pinpin is 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 there too, there for the fight, taking showers and you know drinking beers with Masato, all this kind of stuff. So I mean, it's very human. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's very it's very human. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I think that's uh you know we we cover a lot of a lot of ground, and I think this is you know just I think this still leaves a lot of questions in the air. But I think the whole point I think of good art is not to always provide answers. It's just mm-hmm. to make you do some self-investigation and think about how are you reacting to this? Like giving you a point of reference, you know, if right. I show you a, a gigantic, you know, 
20 foot tall human being screaming and ripping things apart and all this stuff. Like, how is that resonating with you on the inside? And then mm-hmm. it tells you who you are. And I think that's, it's, it's just it's supposed to be a mirror. So I see right. myself in this anime and, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of humanity in it. But yeah. Any final thoughts? This anime deserves so much praise for what it was doing again in, in 1995, where, you know, it, it really started talking about or introducing topics around mental health. It really started to kind of introduce kind of different character archetypes as well. And so we see the Sundere archetypes, so like the someone who's, who's mean to the main characters and, and Asuka. And the Kudere, or the Ice Queen, and, and Ray, you see that in a lot of anime now. You know, and classic, it, classic yeah, hot and cold. Right, yeah, 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 classic but also, hot and cold dynamic. Classic, but also a little bit of a harem situation, too. With, you know, a little bit, that's, yeah. We're seeing that. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, these are some archetypes that do resonate throughout anime. We see this a lot, so it definitely is foundational in that particular way, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the, the last thing I wanted to to ask you or um i I like to always like to give anime recommendations and and things like that so if you were to recommend an an anime that that you feel is an offspring of neon genesis what what would you what would you encourage folks to watch an offspring of neon genesis Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't want to steal your answer because I feel like this would be your answer. Attack on Titan is pretty obviously kind of the the, the kind of updated Neon Genesis mm-hmm. in the way that I think about it. Um, you know, I don't want to, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil the anime necessarily, but I feel like the ambitions of, um, it, it, I guess the end goal of humanity is similar to human instrumentality. The Titans are... Yeah, pretty much Ava's. I, I'll be curious to see which one could actually win in, in a head-to-head fight. I will pick Ava over Titan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that to me, that is the, the direct lineage right there. Uh, I mean, you have even this, in the beginning, you have this small walled city that's being attacked by these strange creatures that people are unaware of their origin. They just know they have to not get killed by them. That's it. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, it's very—it's it's just like a medieval version of Neon Genesis, right. but similar context um, with its own lore that kind of complicates what we thought was true about the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that will be, you know, it, it, I mean, people are probably watching ALT right now, I'm sure, but like thinking about it in connection to Neon Genesis and using that to kind of. Uh, see it as an homage to that, I think is is, is yeah. it's an interesting conversation to have and to kind of see those themes play out um, and to find more depth, even in Attack on Titan um, is interesting through Neon Genesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like if folks haven't seen Evangelion and you're currently watching Attack on Titan, I would definitely maybe wait to until the end of the series, which should be coming up fairly soon within the next year or so. And then go back and watch the entirety of Evangelion. Like that might be really interesting for you to do just to, you know, really kind of take in um, Attack on Titan and, and appreciate it for what it is. And then watch Evangelion to say like, oh yeah, and, and kind of connect those pieces to see how, 
how how one anime has evolved, but then also see that the fundamental questions that we have as a humanity, as a society, are still lingering. You know, thirty years later, that might be really because cool. Yeah, because we're still human. We haven't. Mm-hmm. We're we haven't, still human. We haven't figured out how not to be human anymore, which is not, you know, there's still a question. Do you want to evolve? Do you want to be human? What's the right path for us? Mm-hmm. You know, we leave that question up in the air that has been asked by Neon Genesis. You know, what's the right path for humanity? Mm-hmm. Find it for yourself. Thank you for this conversation, Davion. I appreciate that. Thank you all for listening to this conversation. Hopefully we'll talk soon and we'll talk more about some other anime. Steins Gate is something we want to talk about soon as well. Yeah. Uh, Hunt, Hunter Hunter is another anime that we love and we want to talk about too. So those yeah, are Hunter two things Hunter's on the horizon. Yeah. So let's, uh, yeah. See you all next time. I'll Thank see you, you soon.